Welcome back to Bikes and Big Ideas on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, the founder of Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing, plus all of our other podcasts, over at blisterreview.com. Once again, we are broadcasting this episode from our home here in the Gunnison Valley of Colorado, and I am telling you, the riding here in September and October is super, super good. So you should probably get out here now and enjoy our amazing network of trails here in Gunnison and Crested Butte. Now, I also want to tell you about how we have teamed up with Spot to make sure that everyone in our mountain sports community knows that we all now have an actually affordable option for injury insurance. Literally, every single one of us eventually wrecks on our bikes or boards or skis, and what is often even more painful than those accidents themselves is having to deal with a lack of coverage. And I know that you all know someone, and maybe you've done this yourself, who has gotten hurt, then they've not gone to the hospital because they didn't have coverage or had a super high deductible, or they did go and then got left with some massive medical bills. These are all very bad scenarios, but they are also very, very common occurrences in our community. So Spot is addressing a really important need here and will cover your medical bills up to $20,000 each time you get injured. And while Spot works with and covers a lot of skiers and mountain bikers and snowboarders, Spot policies cover you 24-7 worldwide whether you break your ankle while out walking your dog or you blow your knee on the mountain trying to get all rad. Even better, Spot has no deductible and it is a monthly subscription, so you can cancel it anytime and Spot works whether or not you have health insurance. Spot coverage starts at $25 a month, depending on what state you're in. And so basically that's $25 a month for $20,000 worth of coverage. So go to blister.getspot.com, check it out and get $20,000 worth of accident coverage. That's blister.getspot.com. Again, we all know that an accident can happen to any of us on any given ride or run, and I want all of us to have coverage. So check it out, blister.getspot.com. Okay, today's question. What if you could buy a new bike without immediately looking to swap out a bunch of the stock parts? And what if this dream build of yours was competitively priced? Well, Sherpa Custom Mountain Bikes is a brand new company that allows you to customize every part and color of your new bike with over a million combinations to choose from. Furthermore, their photorealistic 3D Dream Builder provides lifelike graphics that allow you to scrutinize every single detail of your custom build and they're also offering a lifetime warranty on their frames and rims. So, does this all sound too good to be true? 
Well, we recently sat down with the father and son team of Brad and Tad, who are the founders of Sherpa, to ask them a whole bunch of questions about this intriguing and very ambitious new venture. So let's get to it. Well, today we've got several firsts going on here. Let's kind of go through a few of these. One, I'm pretty sure this is the first time we've ever talked to like a brand new company in that Sherpa literally launched to the world, I think, less than 24 hours ago. Number two, I think this is the first time we've ever had a father and son sitting together having launched a new company less than 24 hours ago. And then uh, something we're going to be talking a bit about today, 3D. And so Tad and Brad, very nice having you folks here in Crested Butte and here in Blister headquarters. Brad, why don't we get started here by having you tell us a little bit about Sherpa and the concept, and then maybe we'll have Tad chime in with some of the 3D components of this, if that sounds all right. Thanks for having us, first off. Yeah, so, I mean, the name Sherpa really came from us wanting to be leaders in the industry. We want to do something different than anyone else's thus far, and that's the customization, the 3D builder, and as you saw before, the price. We want to knock down the markups where we can, offer the best product that we can while offering that massive level of customization and you know a really good product tad what do you leave out hmm that's interesting probably a lot of things <laughs> um, um no i mean i think he covered it our and again just a hit again our goal is is to allow people to customize their bike down to the screw color you know the the bolt colors whether it's say oil slick or it's black or it's red i mean to that detail because what we've found and i i've noticed over the course of years of raising bread is every time he bought something off the shelf they came home and you know if it was a skateboard it had to have new trucks or it had to have new wheels or it had to have new bearings or it had to have something new on it so if we give people the uh, ability to decide what they want, give it the cool factor that they want, make their own statement with it. We think it's going to be a pretty good sell along with a price point that is not shocking when they do that. So Brad, is it fair to say that was really the primary inspiration for the thought of like, let's start a bike company? And the first thought behind that was, I just want a much higher level of customization than I have found at a lot of other companies. Yeah. So actually, I mean, I even remember the moment that I thought that I started wanting to do this and I was in my garage, had a, you know, relatively new bike. I had already upgraded the wheel set, changed uh, several of the components. I spent more than I even spent on the bike on upgrades. And I could have just, you know, gotten what I wanted at first. And the hardest thing is, yeah, there's other companies that offer, you know, different components that you can put on your bike and stuff. Uh, you can do the drop down selection and stuff, but it really doesn't show you what you're actually doing. You can't visualize it and being able to zoom in, visualize that from every angle and everything from the beginning was always what I thought because it just seemed to me like 
the easiest way to build a bike and me not like at that time not knowing everything about the components and stuff like that I even imagined it how it is now and I don't think that there's any issue as far as like ease of building whether you know bikes or you don't and I think that's a thing that really makes our program unique. I think probably part of it, the cool factor for us is the 3D builder that goes along with it. I mean, I think Brad developed and designed some really cool looking bikes and we've gotten some great feedback on that. Um, but when people can actually take that cool looking bike and then turn it into their own, I mean, to the point even of if you wanted some sticker graphics put on there we can have those done right now we're only doing one color but there's what 600 and 640 roughly so you'll be able to change the frame color and the decal color and as well as the finish and so it's 25 of each of those and then two finishes and so that adds somewhere up to run 640 but that doesn't cap us off really if anyone, you know, early on before we implement more colorways into the builder, if anyone wants something really personal, they can just message us and we'll do more personal customization because it really is about, you know, getting whoever's dream build or whatever that dream build may be to the customer. So talk a little bit more about this 3D builder that you've mentioned so far. How is this new or different from some of the other things that some people may have found on other bike company websites they will not have found a 3d builder like this at all there isn't any company that sells using a 3d builder there are you know there's one called bike config that banshee was a part of you know developing but they never actually completed that project. It's far lesser quality than ours. And that's not a testament to their worksmanship. It's just a testament to, you know, we got lucky finding 3D Source, one of the best 3D companies in the in the world. And then, you know, Unreal Engines happened to be really interested in working with us. And so we just happened to get the most powerful stuff. And, you know, we're fortunate to have the team that we do to have developed something that's so user friendly and so, so new. I mean, because there isn't anything on the Internet that even touches it, whether it's bikes or whether it's, you know, shoe customization, which has been around for a long time in 3D. Can we talk for a minute about Unreal Engines? Just I think some people are going to light up when they hear that name. Others might not be familiar. Tell us why that is maybe a big deal. Yeah, so Unreal Engines is the platform that Fortnite, popular game, is built on. That's like an understatement, I yeah. guess, <laughs> to call it popular, yeah. Probably the most popular video game. Now, that software is some of the most high-performing software, and if I can get real technical with it, I can explain why, and that's basically... The way that Fortnite runs, there's so many different servers and so many different collective things that a server has to do in order to make that game function properly. And so because you have 100 players in a game, that's much more than anything else. So there's a lot higher capacity and there's different connections for that whole server for those 100 people in the lobby. And so they're picking things up, adapting with the world. And so, I mean, it is insanely insanely powerful that it can run and run smoothly 
with that many players, that many objects, that large of a world, this is just a small thing. I mean, a small thing of what, what that engine can do. And it just shows kind of our potential of where we can go with it. As far as the graphics go, it's all 8K. And so that's part of the engine power. If we weren't using this engine, we wouldn't be able to render it in 8K. And what that 8K does is it allows you to zoom in really close, be able to see like, oh, this is what that bolt looks like with this headset. And, you know, it just allows a lot more possibilities for us because of the power of that system. It sounds like it's kind of like bringing a bazooka to a knife fight. It's similar to that. Yeah. And I mean, to clarify, 8K is not really out there yet. It's yeah. coming. So you're basically seeing in 4K because that's the most power that you have. Well, yeah. So if you think about resolution, though, it's kind of like when you take a picture with a with any other camera you know it's going to pop up in like 3000 by 2000 pixels so being that it's made in 8k we still can zoom in really far and us zooming in really far still has it at 4k whereas if it was in 4k and then you zoomed in that far then it would be going down to like 2160 you know and one of the perks of being able to do this because it's a custom bike it's obviously not instant gratification so it takes us a while to get the bike built. But in the meantime, you can actually build your bike and you can take a photo-ready picture of your bike in different angles. And you can see what it's going to look like when it gets to you. And that is what it's going to look like when it gets to you. That's the, that's the cool thing. There's not a surprise in the box. <laughs> starting a bike company, starting any company, is a big deal and a hard project starting a bike company there's nothing easier about doing that and so how much of this was just your sense that a market would be here for that it's just every company kind of starts different and has different ways they get off the ground i'm just curious in the case of sherpa yeah so right off the bat it was for sure a guess whether whether people were going to be the same as me but then as i started doing more research about how many mountain bikes are, are sold a year, whether, you know, those mountain bikes are, you know, high lying, like really high performance bikes, how many are there, how many are in the US. And then I started, you know, looking around and really trying to use logic to see whether this was going to be a good idea. And what I really came down to was that everyone loves something that's special to them and something that makes them feel special. And I mean, I think that's what we do really well, because you look around and you see trucks upgraded, you see bumper stickers all over cars, you see, you know, I mean, out on the mountain, you see custom bikes. So and everyone's wanting to, you know, have something that stands out and, you know, be able to have something that's that's theirs, it's special. And so I have gotten to the point where I'm very, very confident in the fact that you know, there's a huge market for custom bikes and a lot of people are going to want that because, you know, right now the way the, the mountain bike market kind of stands is, you know, bigger companies like Trek offer, you know, maybe eight, nine colors per frame. Smaller companies or even, you know, midline companies like Specialized sometimes it's like three colors per frame and it just doesn't give you a lot of room to go off of there because you know if they don't have your favorite color then tough you know well i mean it, to, to add to that too is it's like you go and you buy a bike off the shelf now and you can't get for instance a set of hubs you want i mean i don't 
they're probably out there, but they're really expensive. They said, you know, get a set of Chris King hubs with ceramic bearings in it on with, you know, your front fork and the shock you know, to get that combination together is not likely. And if it, if you do find it, it's probably going to be really expensive. You know, you can't just buy new hubs and, you know, be like, Hey, I have a new wheel set. You have to build a wheel set and which takes a lot of skill a lot of practice it just makes it simple a lot of people don't feel comfortable swapping out rear shocks doing uh, most of the mechanical work on a bike and so as much of that that can be done right off the bat the better and our bikes show up fully assembled you don't even have to take them to a bike shop unless you can't get the sealant into the tires. That's pretty much, you know, we can only get so far because we're not going to ship something that's pressurized. So essentially when they come, the suspension will be pre-tuned because it'll ask for your weight when you build the bike. So as close as we can get to a pre-tuned suspension, it's going to be there. We'll put the rear wheel on, index the gears, take it back off. Then we pack the bike. There's already tape inside the rims. Cushcore will already be on there. Cushcore will be stock on all of our builds. And then the tire will be seated. And at launch, we're looking to have two bottles of sealant included with the bike, um, as well as the Allen keys to put in the the axles, the through axles. I mean, so really you can take this thing out of the box as soon as you get it, because the anticipation is going to be huge with a custom bike. Throw the wheels on and hop on and ride. You know, I really want it to be business to consumer and not have to go, you know, I just got my bike, but I have to take it to the bike shop because I don't have, you know, a shock pump or whatever that may be. This is ambitious. Now there's a lot of questions here, but I mean, one is you're talking about, you know, using the example of Chris King hubs, but how many different options do you expect to be able to offer? If we just are like talking about hubs or full wheel sets right now, or forks or shocks, et cetera. I mean, I I don't know that any manufacturer or any bike company just allows you infinite options of everything out there on the market. So how are you approaching that? Yeah, so that's been definitely a new thing. And I can tell that it hasn't been seen in the bike industry when I talk to the manufacturers of all these different parts. And... I mean, it's normally like a week, week or two that it takes me to help them kind of realize, hey, they're not going to be ordering in bulk. They're going to order individually because the level of customization is so high. And, you know, once they realize that and once they realize what our mission is, everyone's been really, really perceptive and absolutely loves the idea. As far as the number of parts that we're going to offer, I would say it's unlimited, you know, as much as we can. Obviously, we have to develop relationships with those companies first. So starting out, it's, you know, limited. We have, you know, rock shocks only for suspension. We talk to DVO, everyone's struggling with inventory because of COVID. So it's just rolling with the punches there. But starting this fall, everyone's catching up. So with our timeline, that works great. But the real idea is that these are dream builds. These are the most custom bikes. So whatever you have pictured in your head, whether it's, you know, Olin suspension with Shimano brakes, or whether it's SRAM rock shocks, everything we want to be able to offer it. And now that might sound overwhelming. We're also working that whole time as we add parts 
to develop something that basically helps the buyer know what would work for them the best. So when we have this sea of parts, they can actually, you know, navigate it and they're able to find the right bike for them. And whether that's looking like a survey at the beginning um, that kind of asks you your ride style or whether it's, you know, kind of video game-esque stat lines for, hey, price, weight, performance, durability, whatever that may be, becomes something that we have to consider. We're definitely working on it. Yeah, so the, the software is going to be, if you will, kind of intuitive. So when you fill out the survey, we're going to eliminate parts that aren't going to work. So you may be this size, and so a certain fork won't work for you or whatever. I mean, there's any amount of combinations and we may eliminate some stuff through that, through that based on when somebody answers to build a, you know, to go through the custom build process. So the builder is smart. It won't let you do anything that can't be done. So you're never going to be having a bike shipped with 27, five rims and 29 tires. It just won't happen. There's a whole bunch of logic that's pre pre built in to prevent anything like that. So it is, you know, relatively idiot proof. This is also really interesting because this is so new, right? I mean, and and I want to fill people in a little bit. I mean, we're looking at a bike right behind us here, but in terms of like, give us a little bit of a sense of timelines, understanding, you know, caveat, these things could be shifting a little bit. When are you going to start allowing people to put orders in? Then what kind of turnaround time are you envisioning? You know, I guess for right now, like the early days, and then like, what's kind of the goal to try to get to? And I know those are, those are pretty big questions, but how are you, how are you thinking about this? Like I said before, the video that you saw of the 3D Builder, that's all functional. That's just a screen recording. So all it is is just testing you know, our checkout process, essentially, to make sure that it all works right. We're not going to have any issues with or with the checkout process as a whole. For release to the public with that software, we're about 7 to 14 days out. And at that time, we're open for sale. So... How long is it going to take to get your build? Right off the bat, we're looking at probably six to eight weeks. Now that's battling the whole inventory issue with the entire industry. But, and it could be shorter. You never know. For us, pain only takes two weeks. We want to make sure everything's fully cured. The coats are all even. And so two weeks for that. Assembly for us is really, really efficient. We have a pretty unique system in which we assemble the bikes. All of that's done by hand in-house in Austin. And in the future, we're looking at, you know, because it only takes us two weeks to paint, if our, if our manufacturers can get us the parts we need in a timely fashion, then we can have those done in probably four weeks from purchase to delivery. And so it's, it's really all going to depend on, on the manufacturers. Our side is pretty dialed. Um, so you mentioned Austin. So tell us a bit about what exactly are you guys doing in Austin? Where are these frames coming from? And talk to us a little bit about that kind of supply chain stuff and what's happening and where. All the carbon is done in China. We then have them paint it and ship it here. The reason we have them paint it there is because we offer so many colors and so many different die cuts for each of the decals that, you know, 
the facility for something that size would be, you know, like 10,000 square feet, it would be massive. And so that allows us to, you know, keep up with demand if need be. And then we receive the frames and the rims. And then all of that is built up with the parts from our other manufacturers in house. We have the system blocked off in what I call just building blocks. So each of those building blocks are eight people. That's two wheel builders, brake guy, suspension guy, um, a overall QC, basically build manager, and then our shipment person. So boxing, uh, labeling, all that. Um, and so what that process does is it just fine tunes everything, allows our guys to get really good at what they do. And the more you can do that, the faster each of those builds are going to go together and the better they're going to go together because, you know, I've done this a hundred times and the wheels are always the thing that takes the longest. You got to dish, you got to true, you got to tape them, etc. And so that's why we have two of those guys. So they can be rolling while the other guys are adding suspension, doing the suspension tuning, doing the brakes, brake bleeds, all that. You're the what guy? I've heard about the brake guy, the wheel guy. I'm the smart guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, apparently. I, I don't go in the laboratory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I used to be allowed. I told, told Brad, you know, I did show you how to become a mechanic, and now you don't let me touch the bikes. Uh, <laughs> so, so maybe former smart guy, new yeah, smart guy. Yeah, well, there's, yeah, there's a lot of that. Huh? Some knowledge was passed on. Um <laughs> I'm just very much a perfectionist with a lot of the things that I do. And so like when it comes to the bikes and this is why I have to have, you know, a QC guy as much as I'd love to trust each of the guys that are in each position, you know, I have to have someone which right now that person is me. So I go along like as each of the bikes are being built, making sure that every single step of the process, there's nothing there that's, you know, missing or done incorrectly, it's all gonna be dialed. And that's just something with me, like I have to make sure that, you know, that headset is tightened down at four newton meters, you know, everything is just perfect. Uh, and that's just, I mean, that's me, especially when you're gonna be doing, you know, the stuff that you do on a mountain bike, you, do, you, you wanna make sure that everything's dialed. And if it wasn't, I would not feel comfortable shipping these things. And in all due seriousness, the things that I do behind the scenes are the the boring things, hmm. the business stuff, but important the, stuff. You important, know, like the important. tax structure and filed REIN and all the stuff yeah. that I don't know how to do that he yeah. had to teach me. So, so yeah. in, in dealing with getting the software built, mm -hmm. it's there's there's a lot of moving parts here, yeah. um, and it's it's kept us busy. I want to talk more about the bike itself right now that that I'm staring at but let's talk a little bit just about your respective backgrounds before we get there you both kind of have interesting stories i think but we've heard that you were sort of the obsessive tinkerer bike guy and and even with skateboards you know you were always wanting to kind of customize out but tell us a little bit more about yourself and then i, I want you to share a little bit about your story too yeah, so I mean, like you said, I've always been the tinkery kind. I mean, when I was a kid, I rode bikes a bunch. It was my main means of transportation around the neighborhood. Would get up on the handlebars, get up on the frame, you know, have my family watching in the driveway and stuff. And uh, it was funny because I'd always ride around in my old motocross helmet too, <laughs> just riding around the neighborhood on my bike. But 
then we got into motocross race for a bit uh, and that really is what where most of my two-wheel background comes from then i got into baseball through high school and college and even with that i could tell that i always had you know kind of a creative side of me because i was always thinking about like oh it would be cool if the uniforms were like this or if our hats or cleats or whatever i mean it's been everything with me really like shoes whatever i want to like do the nike id customize it and then you know that was one of the really cool things that i was able to get out when i started doing coding and web building was you can get so much customization and feel through doing a website you can change like oh the colors or the dividers or whatever and you know it's just always been a part of me um and so i think that really like ekes out through with this whole thing tell us a little bit about you said that you do some of the boring behind the scenes stuff but it actually is like wildly critical that when you're starting something you got somebody who's real good at the boring stuff so tell us a little bit about your own background well my background for 20 some odd years was in pharmaceutical research i worked for myself and then when i decided to get out of that and move into something else i started importing construction materials um, which i still do and that's kind of how all this was born um, so brad is actually part of that company as well he he was going to he was going to be my protege until I taught him how to do all this stuff and we went in different directions. Yeah, <laughs> so he's kind of my protege, but in a different way yeah. now. So we went to China and we actually visited a lot of manufacturers, both construction material and bike manufacturers, and that's kind of where we thought this is this is going to be fun. We can do this, and we did. I mean, it, it just came from that. But the stuff that I do behind the scenes, it's like, you know, the 3D builder is great, but somehow it's got to get into QuickBooks so you can account for everything. <laughs> so we have to make sure, and I don't do it all. I just oversee it um, to make sure that, it, that, again, the testing on that 3D builder works so the, pro the, the, the process goes smooth. There's things like we're working on, and I'm, I'm hoping by the time we launch, it's not guaranteed that we'll have some sort of uh, financing available. Um, uh, if not, we will probably have that within a couple months. But it just that takes a little process, and it, you have to be a little bit tenacious about <laughs> doing it. But anyway, you know, there's... Just the business stuff, the setup, the taxes, the, you know, you have to file st sales tax every month. You got to, I mean, there's just things that you have to do. He's, he will learn all that stuff when we both have a little bit more time. Yeah. But right now he needs to focus on what he's focusing on. And I do what I do. So therefore I stay out of the garage. It's a good balance. <laughs> it sounds like a good balance, actually. We got to talk about the bike because none of this matters if that thing doesn't ride well, right? Again, looking at it, we've got a Zeb fork on it. This is not what I would call a, uh, a garbage build over there. So um, tell us a bit about what sort of bike you are going to be rolling out right away. If you already have plans to kind of expand out, just give us a sense of this thing. And, and maybe start with what could people go online and order in, I think we said, 7 to 14 days. You know, this frame here, and we're really upfront and honest, like it's an open mold frame that we've done a lot of modifications to, you know, switched up things in the linkage to bearings, to bolts, to extra molded frame protection. You know, we really thought about everything on this on this frame and made it, you know, what people want. Obviously, this isn't, you know, a low end build. And 
most of our builds are relatively high end. I think our lower price point is is you know probably forty five hundred, and you know that's not a testament to you know we're an expensive bike company. It's just a testament to right now we build you know the most high quality stuff and with the best parts. Now we think that we do a good job of pricing our stuff uh, at a good price point. But, you know, in the future, we're going to look for more things that can, you know, whittle that price point down depending on what people want. For example, right now, all we offer is carbon rims. Huge price point change. If you go to an alloy there, could probably bring it down like another 400 bucks. But, you know, at this time to best represent what we're doing, I think the carbon is is a great option because one, we're only charging 650 for a set of carbon rims, which is, you know, a lot of the time what one costs. And yeah, I mean, so really in seven to 14 days when we release, we're bringing the public a better bike for a better price. Um, and that's really what we've been trying to do from the beginning. Yeah, and so this first frame, I think really closes a gap between trail and enduro. It's one that can handle everything that Enduros can, feels great, but it also is a more light and nimble frame, even though it looks beefy. It can do things that are playful and, um, you know, it has more maneuverability that, that more of a trail style bike has. And it pedals great, but also descends great. And so it's, you know, kind of the best of both worlds when it comes to a enduro or trail bike but the frame itself stats on that it's at 160 millimeter rear travel options for 170 and 180 millimeter fork travel um, we also do offer it in a mullet setup for just the 170 millimeter fork and head to head tube angle ranges from uh, 64.5 to 65. You know, reach on this one, a large is 462. So that gives you a comfortable cockpit and seat post angle, seat post tube angle is 74 degrees. That one's pretty standard. Uh, you see that a lot around the industry. And I mean, the biggest thing that sets it apart, I'd say, is the shorter rear triangle. A lot of bikes, because of whether it be the linkage or whether it just be, you know, a fancy rear triangle design, it's long in the back. And what it being short does makes the bike more playful, makes it much more fun in the air, um, really a confidence and inspiring factor. And then for those more advanced riders that have, that have tried it out, we've heard it's much easier to manual, wheelie, um, whip around in the air and do all the crazy stuff that they like to do. That's from a geometry aspect, what really sets it apart. And then right away, will you be offering options to go 27.5 and 29 or just 27.5 or what are you doing on the wheel? Yeah, size? so one of the special things about the frame is it actually allows for both. So it allows for a 27.5 up to a 2.8 and then a 29 or up to a 2.3. Got it. And so it's really geared toward versatility. Have you personally ridden the Everest configured 27.5 as well as 29, as well as mullet? Me personally, no. Okay. It has been tested, okay. but me personally, no. All right. 
you've had that exact bike that we're looking at. I mean, you've had a number of different people on it in, I think, the last several days here in CB. And have you ridden in CB before? Or is this your first time riding Crested Butte? Yeah, this is my first time. It is by far the most fun place that I've ever ridden. <laughs> it just fits my personality as a rider so perfectly. So I've never really loved jumping that much. I love to go fast and I love to descend, especially down like real chunky, gnarly stuff. And then, you know, whipping corners, everything like that. I just love the the speed and like the adrenaline there. I mean, Crested Butte has all of that. I mean, whether it's, you know, the 403, whether it's climbing up Mount Crested Butte, uh, since the lift is off, uh, to get a few laps in there. When did you, I didn't think I knew you, you rode the mountain. Yeah. What did you, what did you come down? Do you yeah, remember? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the trail names. I don't, I don't know. But it was right on the front side, um, by the lift, uh, over by the resort. And it was a jump line. And that's Got how it. I can tell you that this bike jumps like crazy. We don't have stuff like that in Texas. I was literally just carrying the speed that the trail had me at and just oversetting these jumps because I, like the bike just wants to be in the air and i mean it was, it was the best jump line that i've ever ridden as far as like how much i jumped uh and just it was crazy fun we went up with probably four of us all on all on sherpa everest and we were all just playing around i mean it was the first time that we'd hit you know big colorado jumps with you know, altitude, a little bit thinner air, you fly a little better. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, it was a blast. Was that today or the other day you were riding down in Gunnison at Hartman? So you kind of get to see that the like, I call Hartman's like moon riding on the yeah. moon and then you get up into some of the Alpine stuff and uh, it was cool that you got on 403 too. So, okay. So what's kind of like the next thing you have on your radar? And I don't know if this goes to the new year or in the spring, maybe like what else are you thinking about or hoping to, to be doing here? Yeah. So, I mean, first off as a new company, we have to prove the concept. Yeah. So, you know, had to choose, you know, are we going to have a 3D builder to do customization or are we going to have a bunch of different frames and then customize those on a different platform? Really what we went with was choosing this, you know, trail enduro because it's what's popular right now. It's just trending with high travel bikes. It's what people like. It's sexy right now. And so that's why we chose that for this year. We're not going to stay at that. So next year we plan on coming out with six new frames. And one of the things that I'm most excited about next year is we're already in discussion with a new manufacturer who isn't in the bike industry yet. They really want to be in the bike industry. But what's unique about them is the average carbon waste in manufacturing is 30% in the whereabouts of 30%. This factory has a new process that puts that at 3%. So that's much more sustainable, much, you know, better in every aspect, no matter how you slice it. And so we're going to be doing our six new frames through them. That'll be a new enduro, a downhill, a long travel hardtail, a race cross country, a full suspension cross country, and a dirt jumper. Wow. Um, I think that covers, you know, basically the majority of, of the mountain biking community, whether you're, you know, the endurance guy or whether you're the adrenaline guy, it's all there. Um, and then we also have that factor of sustainability, which 
I'm personally am really, really excited about. The carbon process is not a cheap process, mm-hmm. as we all know. If I can trim 30% of that away, and I, you're really not, it doesn't translate to that, but you end up saving the money. And that's where we pass our savings along. Um, that's where we go. Because, I mean, I don't know, what, what are we pricing our carbon frames at? Um, right now, they're at 1000 That's uh, We haven't figured all of the upgrades yet. So, I mean, it could be, you know maybe a hundred more but still i think that's a really really low but as a range a thousand to eleven hundred that's a pretty narrow range yeah okay i i thought you were going to come in a lot higher than that actually uh for the for your range so okay thousand to eleven hundred bucks okay well gentlemen this is interesting i'm just trying to rack my brain and think about i don't feel like it's been very often that I have heard, let alone conducted, a conversation with a company coming in that's this new, that has some pretty ambitious ideas and a pretty clear vision about where y'all want to head. I don't know. I think that's fascinating. And again, like, you know, as as you've already said, it's like, well, now you got to go prove it. And like the execution is like everything now, right? It, it's been fun. And I appreciate you sitting down and being willing to do this. I frankly think, you know, I could imagine some people listening to this thinking this is too, these guys are too soon. Why are you talking to these guys so early? And yet, hey, you know, put it out here. This is who we are. This is what we're up to. And uh, so I'm going to be watching. We'll invite you down in three months for a follow-up podcast at the world headquarters. At the world headquarters. Okay. Can I? Can we go to fuzzies? <laughs> yeah. we, we, can, we can find a fuzzies for you. Yes, yes we can. <laughs> Sorry. You're just intrigued. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to go to the crappy fuzzies. It's closed. It's no longer. <laughs> right, no worries right, about right. that. I might, I'm, you might get me down there. I told. I was telling you. I've, I need to get back to Austin. See some. See some friends. And so uh, we can talk about this. If I come, I want a fuzzies taco because before we started recording, this this is one of the things we've been talking about. So. That, that, those are my terms. No problem. <laughs> okay. We can, we can figure that out. Cool, guys. Well, thanks. We'll talk to you later. Well, that's it for this edition of Bikes and Big Ideas. Thanks to Brad and Tad for the conversation. And be sure to check out what they have going on at SherpaMTB.com. Also, I want you to remember to go to blister.getspot.com to get yourself $20,000 of accident coverage. Because again, accidents happen to all of us, so get yourself some coverage at blister.getspot.com and then go get back to getting after it. Finally, I wanna say thanks to Taylor Ahern for producing this episode and thanks to you for listening. Until next time, please take good care of yourself and everybody else and we will talk to you again next week.